All right. If you were a muscle car, like which one do you think you would be in terms of your style of play on the field? To be honest, I would probably have to say uh, probably a Hellcat. A Dodge, a Dodge Hellcat. It's a little, it's a bigger bodied car. It got some go to it. Um, and it's just, it's a little hefty. So it got some, when you hit it. <laughs> the it factor, the most overused and undefinable phrase in sports. If you have it, everyone knows it. Clint McDuffie applying a rubber. The qualities that many desire, but very few possess. Dropped in the backfield by Thibodeau. What really is it? Who has it? And how did they get it? Britton Covey gives Utah a jolt of momentum. That's what we're here to discover. We'll take the helmet off the Pac-12's elite performers to learn more about their journey towards success on Saturdays. I'm Yogi Roth, and welcome to The It Factory. Welcome back, or welcome to The It Factory. I'm your host, Yogi Roth, and by now you know the deal. We take the helmet off of elite athletes and tell the stories of who they are. Of course, we are presented by Zayo. And today we're joined by an All-American, one of the top players to come out of USC football ever, and currently the reigning Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. One of my favorites because of not just what he does on the field on game day, but how he practices. Drake London, I've been watching you for years, man. First time on the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes, for sure. So like, how, how is life? You're preparing for the NFL. We've ripped through the holidays. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, blessed, to be honest. Uh, been able to see family, friends, you know, a little downtime with the injury. It's been a, a blessing at, at that. So, and I mean, I've just been living life, man. It's been surreal that I, I finally entered into the draft and everything like that. So everything's moving fast, but in a good direction. I can remember when you signed at SC, I went back and looked at my evaluation of you and I came across some really fun notes. One was that you would watch Reggie Bush highlights before flag football games as a kid. Yes. Is that true? Yes, sir. Okay. So now you become uh, the, uh, the offensive player of the year. It was Reggie. It was Marquise Lee. It was Keyshawn Johnson. And it's you. Like you literally become the guy whose highlights you used to watch before youth games. What, what, how's that land on you? I didn't even know that. So it, it's all hitting me right now that that was even part of the conversation, but, or I'm even part of the conversation in that, in that sense. Um, but I think it's just a testament to all the hard work that I've been putting in. And, and I set a goal and I try to achieve that goal every day. And um, I've, I've achieved part of it so far. We still got a lot to go. All right. So what was, part of the goal when you were a kid? Was it just to, to get to SC and, and play football or play two, two sports? Yeah, uh, my goal is to be so, a so-called household name in college football sports. Um, I never had really like true aspirations of playing in the league and stuff like that. I've always wanted, I was infatuated with college football. So I, I loved it and I've always wanted to be a household name in it. So everything else is just icing on top right now. What about the sport growing up, do you think got you infatuated, infatuated with it? Um, I think it's just the physicality standpoint of it. Um, this is pretty much, especially in today's society, the only time you can go out there and hit somebody and not really get in trouble for it, you know? Um, so I think that's one of the aspect of the games that I love and that you could be a true warrior out there. Like 
you can let it all loose and just let not necessarily anger out, but let your physicality out. And that's what I love about the game the most. Yeah, I asked that because also in my signing day notes from you a couple of years ago, it said that Charlie Ward was one of your favorite players. Of course, he was a dual sport athlete at Florida State. I don't even know if that's true or not, if he was. No, so I, I, I do know who Charlie Ward. I don't think he was one of my favorites, okay. but I definitely know of him, yeah. So don't believe everything you read on recruiting websites in preparation for signing day. Uh, but for me, I remember it was 1993, Florida State played Notre Dame. And I'm pretty sure it was Charlie Ward. And he ended up doing his thing. And I remember that day for me as a kid cemented in like, and I was like 12, 13 then. And I was like, wow, I want to play in games like that. I want to play, as you said, big time college football. And for you, I'm curious how that thought, that dream was you know, poured water on that dream and, and grew that plant per se for you? Yeah, I think it was my support system. Like definitely um, my family, the community behind me, Moore Park, you know, they, they've all supported me in what I'm doing. And I think it was just a testament to them and, and their support for me. So it was definitely the support system. So when you came out um, of high school, you came to USC with a lot of talented players, especially at your position. Recruiting gets a lot of love and a lot of hype. You didn't have a ton of that. But I'm curious, when you showed up in Heritage Hall and to Howard Jones Field, like where was your headspace at to get to the place where you are three years later? You know, um, my dad told me, he said, like, you got to look at it as a big business trip. You know, you, you got to look at it in that way. And you got to be focused the whole way through. My whole mindset going into it was, I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to learn from the older guys and I'm going to try my best to, to help the team in any way it could possibly be. And I, I did pretty good, as you can say, and um, my role just grew from there. So I just kept on my head kept down and I just kept on grinding. And that was my whole mentality this whole time I was there. Is that hard to do in college in L.A. when your stardom is growing is to maintain the focus on a business trip? Uh, it, it, it can get it can get hard at sometimes, but I would say it was a little bit more easier transition for me, being that I'm only 45 minutes away. I've been to L.A. I don't know how many times, you know, throughout my lifetime. So I kind of understand like the culture and the and what the city is about. So it didn't really phase me at all. Yeah, I, I got to imagine like your support system as your stardom grew was something that you leaned on. This past year that you went through, I feel like your stardom exploded, but then you got hurt and you, you may have hit a hit a low. Like, is, is that true? Like, did you have your highest highs and, and lowest lows within the same calendar football season? Yeah, you, you can definitely say that, but I wouldn't say so much of stardom and stuff like that. I, I would just basically say, you know, I got hurt. It was the first time that I got hurt like ever in my career like that, that actual broken bone so that was probably the biggest low for me and at the same time I was having the season of my life probably the best season I, I, I've ever had so there was definitely highs and lows but it wasn't nothing about starting it was just I got hurt when I was in college my roommate was a guy named Larry Fitzgerald and as I watched you play a lot of what you did reminded me of him like he went on this run where it was touchdown every game. I think he has the NCAA record for most games in a row with a touchdown or something like that. <laughs> and it was it was just bonkers. And it was like the whole team gravitated towards 
him in every game. Like, oh my God, Fitz is doing this. They're to double team him. Whatever. Like it's similar yeah. to what happened to you against Colorado. I called that game. Didn't matter. One handed touchdown, double team, didn't <laughs> matter. Like, have you um when that happened, like I, I'd like to know like what what's it like to be you? I definitely can feel um all the eyes on me. Everybody's gunning for me. Everybody wants their chance uh when they get in front of me or whatever they're doing, you know. But I mean I like it. it. It pushes me to be better in all aspects of my game. So I, I love it. I, that's all I got to say is that I love it. But let's keep going there. Like you would show up to a game and you would either hear it from the fans if it was a road game, but you could probably see it in the eyes of the defenders who were lined up across from you. What's your self-talk like when that's happening and you show up in that environment? Uh, I always tell myself, uh, before anything big is about to happen or or just just the beginning of the game in general, beginning of the game or, or, or halftime, I always tell myself, do the simple things before you do anything else. If you do the simple things, then everything else will take over. And that's what I go out there and I try to do. I try to do everything that Coach KC has taught me um, and everybody else on that coaching staff and <clears throat> go out there and just let my body naturally do what it does. Naturally do what it does. Like Let's talk about that. I've got two young boys. I'm trying to teach them how to like catch with their eyes and climb the ladder. Like as we jump into bed, how did you learn how to catch the rock? Um, my dad, when I was younger, you know, he would always make sure that um, we were throwing the football around, catching it, um, make sure that my coordination was was pretty spot on. So I think it was just over the years, just constantly uh, catching footballs, shooting basketballs, dribbling, just being around sports in general. I feel like you were probably always around a ball your whole life. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was just, just that, that natural. So were you always around cars your whole life? Like you, you have this infatuation with muscle cars, old school cars, like where did yeah. that come from? Uh, I'll tell you, my dad has a lot of influence on me. <laughs> like I, I love that man a lot. Like he's my superhero, so. I mean, anything that he does or he likes, I'm probably going to end up liking too. So as he, at a young age, he loved my whole family on his side, loved cars, even on my mama's side too. Um, and it's just, it's just in my blood, so to speak. I love the adrenaline of going fast or just hearing loud cars and, and stuff like that. I just love it. So are you like a guy to get under the hood? Like, it, could you come over and fix my Toyota Corolla right now? I wouldn't say under the hood. I can do a little bit of things, but I'm working to get under the hood. Like I want to be able to learn to build my own car and just just be able to do that. I think it would be really cool. Wow. All right. Uh, 1962 bubble top Impala. Yes, sir. Is that still the ride of choice for you? That's the one. That's the one right there. What is like what does bubble top even mean? I think it, I think it's just the shape of uh of the top of how it goes because the other impalas are more boxier i believe on the top and this one is uh, shaped a little bit smoother on the top it just looks good in my eyes all right if you were a muscle car like which one do you think you would be in terms of your style of play on the field a muscle um to be honest i would probably have to say uh, probably a Hellcat, a Dodge, a Dodge Hellcat. It's a little, it's a bigger bodied car. It got some go to it. Um, and it's just, it's a little hefty. So it got some, 
when you hit it. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that. We've seen that a few times from you. Um, so let's talk about that, right? You come in onto the scene as a bigger bodied guy, right? And a lot of people listening to this know you to be the big bodied guy to go up and get it. But you went from the slot to outside. But in that transition, you stopped playing hoops. I remember talking to you before spring ball last year, saying my focus is going to just be the craft of receiver. Where did, where did you really grow? I think I, I grew in aspects that I didn't even know like I needed at, at that time. Um, getting low out of my breaks, explosion out of my breaks, um, just even just simple stuff like conditioning, being able to run forever, um, not getting tired, just just the, all the little things that you really don't think about. I, I thought about that when I was training. So I was trying to be as well-rounded as I possibly could. Would you watch a ton? I mean, KC, you referenced Kerry Colbert, one of the greats at USC, was your coach. How would you, you know, and what is the best modality for you as a learner? Was it doing it physically? Was it watching it? It's uh, going over tape and just watching it uh, pretty much. Uh, KC has uh, done a real good job at, um, I, I'm a big visual learner, and I know a lot of the guys in our room are big visual learners. So being up there on the board and he shows us, okay, this is an example of what this route should look like. And just bringing in like um, pros. Like I remember we talked to uh, Devonte Adams uh, one time during our Zoom and just little things like that. So uh, he's done a very, very good job of, of, of teaching us visually. All right. So take me through your experience on that touchdown that you referenced earlier where you did get hurt. You make a play, it's against Arizona, all of a sudden you're in the end zone. Like, could you feel it happening? And if so, like what was going on in your headspace as it occurred? Um, I thought I was getting tackled regularly when I when I turned around and I seen him, like I kind of saw him in my peripheral. And um, when I went down, I knew that I was in the end zone. So I kind of just let my body fall. Like I thought it was gonna be a regular tackle. And then I heard a click in my ear and it sent like a little sharp shockwave up my leg and I was on the floor and I reached down because I heard it and I felt my like my ankle kind of like it just wasn't in the right place. And at that point, I kind of knew like hey, I can't even step on this right now. So it, it hit me that, yeah, it's probably broken. And I just started crying, like bawling out because it was over at that point. We see that a lot when players get hurt. And. I'd love you to describe it in, in even more detail of what you go through in the emotional side of it's over, as you said. Because it's hard for, I think, everyone to relate to it unless you've done it. Yeah. And like, I, I was still the same way, same way as you, like asking that question, uh, how does it feel? Because this is the first time, but it hits you in in a bunch of waves. I mean, you go to realizing that you worked so hard from spring to summer to fall camp and then just one play like that it could be finished you know and you did all that work you, all that effort put in to to be the best you possibly be for your teammates your university and your family so it, it's it's a tough one to bite so how did you because it's not like you were just a talented player you're also a leader on the team you know somebody that everybody looked towards how, how did you recalibrate yourself to walk back into the facility and still be somebody that teammates who had gone through a lot, right? You lost a coach or a lot of changes happening. You weren't playing, getting the wins that you anticipated coming into the season. 
curious, like where, where you told yourself you needed to be to show up for the rest of the squad in the role that you have? I think I just, I just needed to do what, what I needed to do, keep on my um, assignments, keep on going to rehab when I need to. Um, and like I, going back to doing the little things right. Um, I was never that vocal leader like that. I always try to do it by example, make sure I was there on time to the right places and, and do things like that. So I try to keep it in that way and not kind of change anything because it was working that way before. So I, I just kept it the same and um, was going to be that person they picked to be a captain. What was this season like when you step back away from it now, moving on to the next phase of your life? When you look back on 2021 USC football, like where do you think your head's going to go? Very chaotic from the jump. Um, and it just made me realize that, you know, college football at the end of the day, like this really is a business. Um, and that's what it made a lot of my teammates and me realize that it's, it's just a business. Yeah, I feel like that's an interesting phrase, right? Because it is, you're right. But then there's also like this passion and pageantry and camaraderie and like all these other things that are just a byproduct of a team. Mm -hmm. where, where do you think like college football is? Like what, what are your teammates saying around like, what's this, what's gonna happen with this sport? Like we got NIL, we got the portal, like you're right. Like coaches are leaving and going mm -hmm. and moving and shaking all the time. Yeah, uh, it's, I think, me personally and what I've heard from teammates and stuff, it's moving in the right direction, like player friendly and like coach friendly. You could kind of do whatever you want pretty much almost. Um, but at the same time, you do end up losing those kind of byproducts of, of, of a team aspect. Like you don't know who's going to be leaving the next day, who's going to be coming in the next day just because you lost one game, you know? So it, it, it's, a, it's a lot, but I think it, it's good in a sense. Yeah. So what do you tell, like, you're going to leave an incredible legacy that now Gary Bryant Jr. is going to try to live up to, right? Cal Ford is going to try to live up to. What do, you, what do you tell those guys in terms of dealing with the business, as you reference, being on a quote-unquote business trip at school yeah. and also enjoying college football for what it is? Like, what's your lasting message to them? Don't try to be nobody else but yourself. That's what I would leave them with. Because everybody has their own their own attributes, their own skill set, their own mind, um, and just be yourself and and enjoy enjoy the process. You know, uh, when you're feeling when you're feeling bad on the day, that's probably the day that you're getting better. So you just got to keep consistent and keep on going. Yeah, um, keep on going. USC football it ain't gonna stop, and they made one of the biggest hires in recent history. Yeah. What what was that like? for you the day you heard Lincoln Riley was coming to SC? Oh man, that was, that was surreal. I, I literally like, it was like a, a, a dream almost. Like I woke up and I go and turn over, I check my phone and it says, we just got Lincoln Riley, you know? And I was like, what? I was like so surprised. I was like, they really hit a home run with this one. So. Uh, a bunch of our teammates was hitting it hitting each other up, you know, in a big group chat. Like we really just got Lincoln. Everybody was ecstatic and excited. So it was it was definitely a good mood around there. Did you have pause? Clearly, a lot of people anticipated you going to the NFL. But was there a moment where you're like, 
this could, this could be cool with this guy in this offense. Right when I looked over and I saw the uh, the notification, I was like, oh, it could be fun. <laughs> it really could be fun. Um, but you know, football is a is a day to day sport in my eyes, and you gotta you gotta make every day count. So. Yeah. So how do you get to the place where you make the statement of I'm going to move on? We always hear about the process after the season. Every player says that I'll evaluate it after the season. But what, what was yours? Um, I think at the end of the day, I felt that I've done everything that I possibly to show that I could play at the next level. That That's what I feel like. I feel that I've, I've proved, proven that I, I can go to the next level and play. So. If I can make that step forward and I feel comfortable making that step forward, then I think I'm going to do it. Amen. How excited are you? It's like, I keep on saying this, but I feel like I'm in a dream. It's too surreal. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're about to achieve a dream that you've had for a while. You've already achieved one. But now on top of that, you're going to go down among that great wall of all Americans at USC. Your name's going to be on that wall on the way out to practice. You're gonna see maybe your picture out on the practice field. If I told you that three years ago, prior to showing up on campus for your first game or your first training camp, what do you think you would have said? Why are you lying to me? <laughs> like, why would you say that? I mean, I would believe it a little. I wouldn't put my money nowhere near that. Wow. So now that it's a reality, what do you think it's gonna be like when you see your name there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's definitely gonna be like a a memory that I'll keep forever. I'll just picture that in my head and keep it forever. Yeah, I've always felt that there's something really beautiful about the lo the phrase called the lonely work, which I describe as doing the boring things longer, stances and starts, releases, staying up late, not going to a party, doing things that maybe aren't vogue, but can allow you to achieve long-term success. Like, do you, do you have like this mindset of like, hey, in the shadows, like I'm working, I don't need to be a headline, but in the shadows, I'm doing my thing. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I love that. I love that. And I use, um, I listen to what everybody says. I, I kind of see what everybody says. And I use that as fuel to, you know, to keep on going. I don't like doubters. I don't like haters or people that say that I can't do anything. Um, so I think that's what keeps me motivated and going and especially my family too, you know, making them proud is the best feeling in the world. I can imagine. Um, all right. So you entered into this unique world of NIL this past year, and now you're about to be professional. NFT with Candy Digital. What is that? Uh, it, it was pretty cool. It's a uh, it's digital trading cards. I didn't know nothing about it and I still don't know too much about it, but I think it's like a whole new wave of, of trading cards. Do you think that athletes like yourself are going to start to really, I feel like the athlete artist entertainer blend has always been there. I feel like there's a big entrepreneurship kind of growth about to happen to athletes, whether it's with NFTs or startups or whatever it may be as we enter this era. I'm curious if you if you feel that. And I I don't know too much, but I hope it I hope it does. I hope it does flourish into something that's like big, you know, for us athletes. I think that would be really, really cool.
as this season went on for you, um, we've seen a lot of USC, former USC players rave about you. Liner, Reggie, um, Curtis Conway, Willie McGinnis is out of practice. Carson Palmer was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. He was at one of your games this year. Um, have you heard from a lot of alums? And if so, what, what, like, did you did you feel like, whoa, like Troy Polamalu just said what's up to me? Or whomever it was along the path of this past season? Yeah, I think the the funniest one and craziest one I had was a Lindell. Lindell White. Um, it was after one of my freshman my freshman games was UCLA one, and I kind of had a little breakout game. And he said, hey, man, you're going to have to put that basketball down sometime soon, you know? And he said it to me, and I didn't know who it was at the time. Like, I didn't know what Lindo looked like without the helmet and the two-one on and everything like that. And then once I realized who I put it two and two together, um, I was, like, ecstatic. I called my dad. I was like, I just talked to Lindell. And then a few years down the road, he's – you know, we're, we're talking regularly and stuff like that. And I, I just think it's amazing how alumni could come back and, and they just embrace you like they're on the team with you still, you know? Yeah. So I was on the staff when Lendale White was there okay, as a running back. And I'll say this. He talked the best amount of smack that I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. And to watch him and Brian Cushing I mean, you asked Tim Teslone or Katie Ryan about it. Like, it was epic to watch those two go back and forth in a practice and Clay Matthews and the intensity you came to watch them as a kid. Yeah. Imagine that on the practice field every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, bro. It was probably so fun to watch. That was probably crazy. It was it was crazy. Um, all right. So this this show is called The It Factory. And I believe the It Factor is the most overused and undefinable phrase. But you clearly have it it how would you describe your it factor determination or focus it would have to be either one i think my focus and my determination if i set my my head to something or i want to go do something and i say i'm going to do it then most likely my chances are that i'm probably going to go reach that goal and do it and you got to be confident to do that so I follow up with like, where do you think confidence for you comes from? I think there's a fine line with confidence in, in a sense. Um, Cause too much confidence can get you in trouble, but too less of confidence can get you in trouble as well. Um, and one of my uh, coaches, Steve-O um, on the SC team, he was one of running back assistants. He would always tell me um, even kill and you just have to stay there the whole time. And so I think a good balance of confidence and humility is it goes a long way. So you've been on this journey, this business trip, as you referenced earlier, walking out of SC now, what is it that you, Drake, know for sure about sport and performance? That the mind plays a big role in it. it your well-being off the field and everything like that plays a huge role into sports performance. So keeping your mental right and 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 just staying focused and, and just staying good in all aspects is will really help you on the field. Yeah. And how do you how have how have you kept your mental right? I think just really just staying in the moment and enjoying the time. Cause if you think about the future, you think about the past too much, then you're only reminiscing or you're only thinking ahead. I think that if you stay in the present and you do what you have to do in that moment and you conquer that task or whatever you have to do, then I think everything's gonna be okay.
And then complete this sentence for me. It all comes down to. Is there a wrong or right answer? Whatever answer you want. Brother. Okay, go state it again. Sorry, you got it. It all it all comes down to determination. I'm gonna have to say it again. I wonder uh, before we let you go. You're about to leave USC as an all-time great with what you've done, and you're about to go achieve a dream that you set out as a young boy, and your parents, thankfully, supported and grew. If there was a newspaper of your life at where you are right now, you got treatment coming up, getting your body right, you go to the combine, the draft will come. What's the headline of the newspaper of Drake London's life read? Keep dreaming and forever dream. Just keep dreaming. Yeah, I think we found the title of this episode, bro. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Drake, um, like many receivers before you, whether it was Robert Woods, Marquise Lee, Deontay Burnett, my favorite part was watching you post-practice. I've stayed around USC post-practice on purpose to be the last guy to leave to see who's doing what. And then I loved how you not only stayed late, but then kept others doing extra jugs, extra catches, extra routes, extra dialogue. Um, that I think is gonna be a superpower for you moving forward, man. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. Drake, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. Anytime. That is Drake London, the All-American, one of the greats, the reigning Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year from USC. But as you listen, Drake is just getting going on his journey. If there's one player that I've seen in my career recently to bet on to do special things on the field, uh, but, but much, more impressive probably off it as his life continues is Drake. As he referenced, uh, he set out on a dream and this dude has achieved it. And I love that he continues to reset that dream as well. Uh, hopefully this show has become a part of your dream. Hopefully not a part of your nightmares. The It Factory, we have had a blast with this show. Uh, thankfully you have as well. We are kicking into high gear into this new year. We got great episodes. You can check us out at pack-12.com slash insider or wherever you get your podcast. The It Factory with Yogi Roth. We appreciate it. Stay safe. Happy 2022. Peace. All right, it's time for the postscript. The It Factory, TJ Brassel, producer. Um, we always do this. I love this, TJ. What's the one thing you wish we asked Drake London that we didn't? One thing that I was would have been really interested in hearing about when you guys were talking about him being a dual sport athlete was hearing a little bit more about like what he brought over to football from what he learned in basketball. Like what, like you always hear about the basketball players and like, Oh, you know, in the end zone, they're boxing out and stuff. And people always kind of use those, those same general, like specific pieces of like, Oh, they use this or they use that. But in his mind, like what was his carryover that helped him on the football field? Yeah. You know, it's always interesting doing these interviews because I've interviewed these guys a lot, a bunch of times. Right. So, um, I'm like, ah, oh, well, I know what he would have said there, but you don't know what he would have said there. Um, exactly. Clearly, he would have high pointed it and played above the rim. Is probably what he would have said. Uh, right, I wish we'll I see how I know. Yeah, there you go. I, I wish I asked him, and this was your research, that he was five six when he entered high school. Yeah. So, like, as a former five foot six inch <laughs> athlete, there's a chip on your shoulder when you're shorter, and then there's some swag that comes with when you grow. 
But I wish I asked him about that. Like if he's still that five, six guy inside. Mm, I like that. You know, like, is that still like something that drives him? I would bet it is. I would bet it is. I also wanted to ask him about his sister. She's an influencer, really big into fashion on social media. Um, but you know, you try to fly in the flow in these interviews and didn't want to keep him for an hour. Uh, but maybe after he gets drafted in the first round, because I would pick him in the first round, we'll have him back on to talk about uh, the new city that he's moving to. Absolutely. Also, like, just kind of think about it, because he's what, like six fives, so, like growing a foot in high school, like that kind of had to hurt too. Like that's a lot, that's a lot of bone growth when, when you're in what high school. What is it called? Oscar Schlatters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, starts yeah. to hurt a little bit. The uh, one thing I thought was was really interesting, and I kind of I liked the answer when you were asking about the uh, what what car he would be, and he said Hellcat, and I was like, that's kind of cool. And he was like, yeah, it has a little to it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well there we go. Well, he's got some thump to him. Yeah. Right. Like I've called I called a couple of his games this year, and teams, it, it's not appropriate to say like they're coming after him because it's not like that type of coming after, but they're mm -hmm. like. He's on the whiteboard, like he's on the bulletin board, like his pictures all over the facility. Like we have to stop 15 if we want to win the game. Absolutely. So like they're coming after him in the healthy competitive setting and he knew it. So he would drop a shoulder on a dude like <laughs> it was fun to watch him play. Um, the thing I think to note is that he was Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. It always says like he played in eight games, but he actually left at halftime. Yeah, so he played in seven and a half games, seven and a half games. And the coaches still voted for him to be the player of the year. I did an interview on pack-12.com or on Pac-12's YouTube channel with him right after he won the award. And it was awesome because he kept like swiping up on his phone because <laughs> he was getting so many text messages and alerts. Um, but it's awesome. If you think about it, Marquise Lee and Keyshawn Johnson are the only other two receivers to win that award. Mm -hmm. So he's an elite company. I think his legacy continues to grow. He reminds me of uh, Mike Evans. Ooh, Tampa Bay. That's a that's a good one. I like that comp right there. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna thrive. Uh, another thing I learned in my recruiting notes: Charlie Ward was one of his idols. Clearly, not necessarily true. So, <laughs> whatever article I read three and a half years ago, everything wasn't exactly right. So it happens. It happens. It happens. Um, all right. What are you excited about in the new year? I mean, this is a fun next phase of this pod. Like we're turning the corner here. We're getting into the off season. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for I'm excited for everything we got coming up. I mean, as we've talked about in, in previous episodes, like I really love the the alumni ones that we've been doing and just being able to kind of incorporate some more of those and some of the legends that have played in this conference and being able to kind of kind of hear their story. And I mean, obviously like podcasts weren't like this went back in the early two thousands and stuff like that. So you guys didn't get a tell their story as much and so being able to give them that platform to really talk about their story like i think could be really fun and then i mean as the draft comes up just kind of talking to some of those guys who are, who are going in the draft and kind of see where their where their headspace is at now that like they're done with their season they're not like in season mode anymore anymore they're just training and they're and they're looking to the next steps and kind of hearing about that I, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a fun future for the it factory yeah it was interesting um Earlier in our season, I heard from an NFL scout and people that listen to the show and they're like, thanks to you and your crew for doing it because I'm getting to learn exactly literally the opening line of the show, which is take the helmet off and what makes these guys tick. And I think knowing the combine and what player interviews are like and workouts, like 
players are always on. Like, I'll never forget this story for you. Um, I was at Jared Goff's uh, pro day, and he was getting ready to get become the number one draft pick. And there was a scout on campus that was walking around campus, and he was just asking random people, like, hey, what's Jared Goff like? And then he went up to Jared Goff and asked him, like, hey, can you tell me where whatever quad is? And didn't have any of his NFL stuff on. She was like, oh, yeah, man, it's right over here. You know, just take two lefts and a right or whatever. And he was awesome. But my point is that, like, scouts and coaches are trying to find different mediums and different opportunities to see who these players are, right? You can find it a lot on social media. But most athletes who are about to get paid are sensible. <laughs> and they're not putting everything out there. So I, I, I'm appreciative to the guests that we've had for opening up like Drake did to share a little bit of who they are. And we hope maybe we do just a small part in helping them get drafted at a higher place than maybe uh, some might think they'll go. Absolutely. There it is. We're doing it all here. We're trying to. All right, TJ, I'm Yogi. Stay safe. Happy New Year. And let's keep it rolling. You know where to keep it locked. Find us wherever you subscribe. We got you covered. Follow TJ on social media or myself. And we'll keep it moving here at The Effectory. Peace.